1: Welcome back to season five of Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of ComicBook.com. I'm your host Kofi Outlaw, and joining to me today, I have the boys are back in town. Connor Casey's with me. What up? And my ride or die co-host Matthew Aguilar. What up? Shout out to Janelle Wheeler, our other regular co-host. She is still having a great European getaway on her honeymoon. Shout out to her and her husband. Hope they're having fun. But don't worry, we are still here to hold it down for you guys. On this bonus round episode, if you're just tuning in, we will be recapping Ahsoka, Star Wars Ahsoka Episode Six: Far, Far Away, and all the big pivotal things that happened there. But first... As a bonus, we were kind of told that today we would be getting a, another kind of special content treat, and we thought maybe we should see how we all feel like in the instant reaction in the moment. So, one of my most highly anticipated movies. If you haven't listened to our regular show, go to Comic Book Nation on your favorite podcast platforms. It's Comic Book, all one word dash Nation. Subscribe to the podcast on your podcast platforms and join our YouTube page. Same thing, Comic Book Dash Nation on youtube and uh check out all our bonus material and all our bonus content because we've been dropping a lot lately including our fall movie preview and uh one of us had the foresight to put on the hunger games prequel the ballad of Songbirds and snakes and today they dropped the full official trailer and we have the trailer playing here if you were watching us live if not, you can check it out if you're just listening. But uh, we got thoughts. We got thoughts. The Hunger Games was a big deal in the 2010s. I mean, as I kind of got into this industry, that was one of the biggest franchises around and one of the biggest movies I ever got to cover. Doing the junket for that was just crazy, star-studded, you know, by now. So we all know the phenomenon that Susan Col- Suzanne Collins' books became. Now we're taking it back, and the franchise is expanding as a book. It's expanding as a movie at the same time. And I'm kind of curious to hear what people thought about this. So just to set the scene, this is a story about the young President Snow, Coriolanus Snow, uh, who becomes a mentor in the Hunger Games during the 10th Hunger Games. So the milestone, these always seem to be around like milestone ones that show up in the series. This one is the 10th. So it's been 10 years since the kind of Civil War in Pan Am. And these are the 10th Hunger Games. And Coriolanus Snow gets this young ward to that. He's going to mentor name Lucy. I always forget her name uh, in this, but she's from district 12 and he begins to mentor her. And uh, it kind of goes from there. And it's funny because it's not a mystery since the novel and the plot of the novel has been revealed, just like with the earlier hunger games, books like you could always go find out what happened if you really want to and so i've taken a look because i've been interested in this project since the beginning and there's a lot that's interesting about this but first i want to hear connor and matt what were your impressions of the trailer
2: well so you were right as far as you did have it on your list um and hold on like i think the Death star is coming (laughs)
1: <laughs> around me, it's like, jeez, oh,
2: coming for you, buddy. Oh my God. Um, so uh you did have it on yours, and I gotta say, I, I wasn't when this was first announced. I wasn't like super, like I liked The Hunger Games a lot, but I was just like, okay, I don't need a prequel, like I'm good. Like that was that was good, and and on paper, it didn't really seem all that intriguing to me. Uh, and then I watched the trailer, and I think, <laughs> I think I might be. I might be in on this. I did not think I would care about a young snow and uh, kind of that rise to power and almost like a, in a way, a Darth Vader story, like in the prequels, right? You know how it ends, you know where that character goes, but it is interesting seeing how they get there if it's done right. And I think uh it, it grabbed me by the end. I think I'm, I think I might be in on this. So I, I didn't eat crow cause I, I didn't say it was going to be bad, <laughs> but I was not interested at all. And, and a trailer is supposed to hook you and it, and it did. So I'm actually very, uh, I'm excited for this. going forward.
0: Connor. I will freely admit the hunger games as a franchise kind of lost me after the second movie. Um, but I, I'm with Matt on this. The, the trailer kind of won me over on this. If you're going to bring in, a dictator who rules with an iron fist and be intimidating is all get out. Viola Davis is one a hell of a oh, good yes. mix. And uh, it, it kind of dawned on me the other day because uh, a couple of clips popped up on my TikTok feed. Uh, the world has been missing a duplicitous Peter Dinklage performance. We haven't had that in a few years. And it's what I think House of the Dragon is really missing. Uh, I think it looks like we're getting it with this. So I'm all for it. If it were me, I would have taken this all the way back to the very first Hunger Games and, you know, show the process of how this all worked. But this seems to be tackling a lot of the same themes that the previous movies did, which is how do different regimes use people to get their own message across and how do people work their way up within that? So instead of seeing the hero side of that, now we get to see the villainous side of that. It's at least interesting, so i the the trailer won me enough. I'm gonna give this a look. all right, okay, so it's interesting, so it's good, like they're doing a
1: good job cutting up these trailers. I'm, I'm going to tell you that, but I think my worry is that this story is different than the beats of the other ones it's It's very different in the beats of some of the other stories that we've experienced here and how the games fits into it and and all of that, I think people might be surprised about how the pace of this story unfolds and like what it's really about. Cause there's some shots that you'll look back on even, even now and be like, okay, yeah, I, I see. They, they showed us like in our face what this was, but you know, it, it's something different. So it is really interesting because I think a lot more of this is than people realize is like a kind of Romeo and Juliet story, um, which is, again, I think prequels, like Connor said, and, and Matt, you indicated too. I think like in order for them to be valid, you have to do something unexpected and show us that a character we, we, we thought we knew had a very different kind of time of it before we got to know them at that stage and i think there's they do a good job with this about who president snow is and kind of sussing out more cuz he's such a arch villain in the original hunger games but sussing out like why this a whole psychological backstory for like why he's particularly kind of fascinated with katniss and and everything that she does, and why he eventually goes to lengths to just destroy district twelve, and all of this is kind of wrapped up in a story that is going to be a little bit more unexpected that I think people are realizing. so I'm curious to see what what it, the viewing experience is of this and how people come out of it, because like I said, I think the pacing is going to be contrary to what a lot of people believe it is, and it's going to be interesting to see. but I'm in you guys are in and uh you know in an increasingly bare feeling of uh (laughs) less and less content i'm definitely excited for this as as a good attraction in like a blockbuster attraction for late fall holiday season so we're in we'll be kind of giving you guys our review of the the hunger games the ballad of songbirds and snakes but uh check out the trailer now on comicbook.com backslash movies and uh let us know what you thought all right I introduced the last thing. Anybody else want to take it and uh, move us into our main topic of the day? Connor,
0: I about. Are we talking? We're talking Star Wars, or are we just? Yeah, talking- that's it. Yeah, we're Good. only doing two things today. All right, all right. So we're talking Star Wars Episode Six. Far, far away, dropped. Clearly, an homage to the great setting of Shrek Two, uh, and also Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this did no one else catch that. It's like, no, I wanted I, someone to shout, but she's so far, far away.
2: Oh, man. The things you don't think you'll hear
0: during a podcast. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> mean, I, I am a wild part. know we were looping Shrek into this. A yeah, reference here we to are. Shrek. Okay. All right. All right so this was, this was awesome. Um, as someone who, again, has not seen Rebels, uh, this episode still worked for me. We get the big Thrawn reveal. We get Ezra's return. We get crab people. We get a horse that also looks like a dog and is adorable. And I love that Ezra survived amongst the crab people. And uh, to me, though, it was the uh, Skull and Hottie. It was the scenes of just the two of them that really won me over with this because it's clear that these are two villains that want something that is clearly going in a different direction than the simple Jedi and Sith. Uh, And it was really her line about... Uh, it's time for us to rise to power. I'm like, wait, if you're Sith, y'all been in power for like 30 years. So what are you talking about? And then yeah, Ra- I also. And then Ray Simpson comes in, he's like, oh, we're we're trying to do something much different than what everybody else was doing. I'm like, okay. So we are breaking from the norm. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, yeah. no, I, I have a feeling, Kof, this was some uh, some fist pumping scenes for you, given uh, given what we got in live action here.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was a lot here. Uh, Some people have been making fun of Thrawn's look, saying he looks a little paunchy and stuff like that. But the dude, I think what people misunderstand about Thrawn, and if you didn't watch Rebels or read the books or fell in love with this character uh, in the Broly sense of non-canon obsession, like what makes him different than even Palpatine and why he was kind of equally dangerous, if not somewhat more so than Palpatine, That is, he's basically like Hitler without any of the madness. You know what I mean? Just the tactics, just the strategy, the race he comes from, like their minds in his thing. Like you saw him when he said, Ahsoka Tano, I want to know everything. Like that's the Thrawn line. Tell me everything. Who was her master? What planet is she from? When did she become a Jedi? Like all those details he takes and he assembles in his head and he figures out he can read people You know, figure them out to the core, manipulate them that way, even more so than like a dark side user or form strategies, military strategies that, you know, play upon their their deepest weaknesses. Like when he wanted to catch the specters because that's what they need. The Empire needed him to do and he figured out who they were first. He just kept watching their missions until he figured out who each of them were. And then he figured out who Ezra was, and then he blockaded his home planet and was like, I'll blow this thing up unless you guys come out. Like, what's up? And then, like, they had to fight out his blockade and they couldn't beat him. And that's why they had to drag him away with space whales, because they were like, we can't beat this guy. And if he stays, like, there is no rebellion. Like, this will all fall apart. And so that was what Ezra did. So, like. I think when you see him back in live action, people expected this like another like Sith or intimidating thing, but he's more Grand Moff Tarkin. Like he's just a ruthless tactician and bureaucrat. And like he gets like cult, like following from those loyal to him. As you saw Thrawn, Thrawn, Thrawn. Like that's his whole MO and because he's such a good leader, but yeah, he's not a physical threat at all. Thrawn's never, I think he's barely even, I think he's snatched like one person up in anger. He rarely ever loses his cool. He's icy and like psychotic like that, like just to the core, but it's his mind. He's a mastermind villain. He's a Lex Luthor villain. Like he he's got the plan. And you saw in this one episode how many times he was ready to screw like everybody over in levels, right? Like he's like, yeah, Sabine, you can go find Ezra. Yo, who are you? Valen Skull. Okay, you go kill them. (laughs) You know, oh, who are those two? They're Jedi. Yeah, we can't trust that. We dip in as soon as they're gone. Like, screw that. We're out of here. Like, they can figure this out. So that's what he does. Like, everything he does, it seems like it's chill, but it's part of a three, four, five step ahead plan. And he's in your head already. So, I thought like in just hearing his voice again and seeing his demeanor, this is Lars Mickelson who did the character for Rebels. So just so everybody's clear and like, yeah, within a few sentences of him just walking in the room calmly and assessing like who's here, you know, that being from knowing Rebels, that's what scared me. I was like, because you're like Morgan Elsbeth better not say the wrong thing or this dude might turn around and, you know, have her calmly kill. You, that's the kind of dude he is. And so, like, there's even real fear amongst him around the villains. So you're like, oh, okay. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Producer Peter's in there, like, yeah. As Peter points out, like, yeah, he's a cultured man. He's like a Hannibal Lecter. Like, he studies an entire planet's culture, their music, their art. There was a big art arc in Rebels about him taking some important artwork, I believe, from Harris uh, people that... Twilex and then like yeah he wouldn't and so they were trying to get it back from him because he was just again studying cultures before he dismantles them so he's like very and he respects them he's not bad he like actually likes all these other cultures and he's like oh yeah they're a great culture too bad we're gonna like bring them to heel today like and that's who he is so I thought he did a great job I thought Lars Mikkelsen was great I thought that uh whatchamacallit um Iman was even better like because he didn't play Ezra before. So this was him, again, like Natasha Lee, Bordizzo, having to step into a popular character. But I thought in just like that one scene, I was like, oh, yeah, that's Ezra, like kind of smarmy, got that little Han Solo smarmy streak, kind of a good kid. But, you know, Ezra's whole thing in Rebels was going away from the dark side and learning to kind of like do things like tune in with animals, right? with the Lothal Wolves, which were a big thing in Rebels because Felony loves wolves, or the Purgles, which let him pull thrown in space. So he had that kind of Star Wars-y, I can talk to creatures and, and be friends with creatures type aspect of the force inside him. So it was just it made sense to see him with the crab people kind of hanging adorable. out. And, and, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just they were funny. I loved how good, well dressed they were, too.
2: They're I was so like, oh, the pra-
1: yeah. They're impeccable. Crap people, they're like, we might be under shells, but we're going to keep it flat. Um, yeah, no, that was good. And that's one thing I loved about this episode, and I've heard some other people say this. Like, it was a bottle episode of everything I, you love about Star Wars and was in the original trilogy. There were creatures. There was, like, family kind of friendship bond stuff. There were villains that were both kind of dark side magicians and witches and the simple kind of fascist empire thing working together, right? You had, you know, adventure quests. You had even like a little bit of Riddick funny animal bonding between Sabine and a dog. Like, you know, you had good action sequences with both lightsabers and practical blasters and all that. And Beskar even. I love Beskar, by the way. Like every time it gets blasted, the sound it makes I'm coming to love that as much as lightsaber sounds. So it it had everything like you could typically want from a Star Wars story. Except Ahsoka. hmm <laughs> And is this going to... I'm just wondering now, is this going to be like a, a thing? Is this going to be now a common theme we should be like getting ready for in Star Wars TV shows? Like, hey, it's this show about this person. Except for this episode, we're going to take a detour into this person's story. And I wasn't... Listen, I, I still love that Mando episode of the Book of Boba Fett. I was not as mad as you guys were about that. I think that it worked in this episode because I think Natasha Liordizzo really did her thing and like has really owned Sabine as a character who was a very dynamic character in rebels, but she has really made it her own, and I didn't mind following her. I think she carried this episode pretty well, but that's just me. How'd you guys feel?
2: Um, I mean, look, I agree with you on overall in the episode. I thought this was uh this was a pretty kind of classic episode of of Star Wars television which i which i adore it had a little bit of everything in it and i i don't know i got all the warm and fuzzies um <laughs> as when we got to the planet and I, I don't ever look at it as a you know a bait and switch or a kind of moving off the character in a bad way when it's a aspect of the story that has been a major part of the story thus far Uh, or a character that has been a major part of the story thus far. I only ever look at stuff, and this goes in comics and movies and and other types of media. Like anytime you're branching off a story and the main character is not necessarily featured as much, uh, it's, to me, it's fine as long as other things are moving forward and other main people are involved. It's only when characters like show up out of left field, you know, that haven't been referenced at all. And you're like, hey, we're just gonna spend some time with Ted. You know, and who the hell's Ted? I don't know. (laughs) And then people are like, well, what? Well, where's all our other people? Sabine's been a major part of the show from the beginning. So I to follow her and also to understand that she's on a different like we knew she was in a different place with all these other characters. So they're going to have to set something up before, you know, Ahsoka gets there. I I was totally fine with it. Like next episode, I assume some of that stuff will branch closer. Um, But uh, I mean, look, this did have a lot of helmets. Okay. This had, this had everything I wanted. Okay. This had a cool lightsaber fight. It had adorable creatures. I thought there were snails. I thought there were little cute snails with like little jackets on and stuff. They were adorable. I love them. Uh, and then, uh, it had no, well, okay. So it didn't have one thing. Uh, no chopper. There was no chopper in this episode. It was very sad um but other than that i mean i was i was really happy with it i thought Thrawn, i did laugh a little bit because i was like wow this is like the least imposing imposing villain Thron Thron <laughs> is like you know like someone you meet at you know the smorgasbord you like go over there you're like hey buddy and it's like hey guy and then he's just like but he's so threatening once he starts talking <laughs> but he's just like oh hey it's like your grandpa from you know whatever and then he starts talking and you really see like the how his mind works. And I thought that was, I thought they did a good job of that. Uh, And I agree with you as far as like knowing who Ezra was, but not being intimately familiar with the character as they were played on rebels. Uh, This person just felt like Ezra. I soon as you hear them talk and you see the little shot of them back there, it's like, okay, I get the, I get the feeling. It made sense. It was like chemistry. And so uh, man, for someone who hasn't been as up on that stuff, you know, as you, I, I loved this
0: episode, and I
2: don't take it. I again, as long as we don't go three episodes without Ahsoka being a main player, I'm fine with it. I don't care. You know, see,
0: I don't get the complaint on that because we just spent an episode where Ahsoka is on a dream quest. Yeah. Okay, now the plot needs to start moving. Yeah, forward. it was all well, about her. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I
0: I didn't want to say I
1: told you so, but I think when we plotted, I, I guess I got more thrown because we predicted what we thought was going to happen in the last three. And I got more Thrawn in this than I thought. He was in the middle. I thought he would appear at the end. So uh, I thought there would be also more Ahsoka in this. But I knew that Episode five was going to be what happened in the world between worlds when Ahsoka was hanging on and it was all about that side of of the story. Um, And so I knew Episode six would be heavily focused on Sabine, Morgan, all them and what happened in that other galaxy before, you know, while Ahsoka was figuring
0: out like how to get there. So I, I wasn't surprised by that at all. Now, Kofi, it's, it's being mentioned in the comments by Peter. Are all those troopers zombies? Are they smoke like Merrick was? What's, what's the deal there? We don't know yet.
1: They're just defined as, I mean, in lore, there has been, you know, the witches of Dathomir are defined by kind of being able to do this magic that can heal somebody from seeming death or bring people back from the dead. That's how Maul got back after getting cut nearly in half, if you ever wondered. Like, he crawled back to Dathomir and the sisters repaired him using magic to save, because he's a son of Dathomir. Um, So they are basically, right now we just know they're called night troopers. This is Thrawn's new regiment. They're a new thing in canon, but we know that they've had to keep their armor together using pieces of stuff they found on this ancient planet, What remains to be seen is if they are still alive or if the witches use their magic, just like Merrick, right? Like Merrick was, by all accounts, he wasn't a gaseous alien. He was a corpse reanimated by, of an Inquisitor, most likely eighth brother from Rebels, who was brought back by the witches, by Morgan Elsvis magic, right? So it'll be interesting if these guys are undead, because if they can just get, you know, mow down like your typical stormtrooper, but they get right back up and just keep going. Like, yeah, that's pretty horrific. And that's the kind of threat. And I put in, in our show notes, is this a big enough threat you felt from this episode for the entire galaxy? Like you talking about Ahsoka and the, in the rebels Mando and that whole squad of Mandalorians, Boba Fett and his little crime syndicate holding it. And they, these are the people that got to hold down the outer rim of the galaxy. Uh, do you think this is a big enough threat for them?
0: It's dinged a little bit by the existence of the sequel trilogy. Most things in Star Wars currently are. That being said, we're in a galaxy that didn't play a role in that trilogy at all. And Ray Stevenson's like, hey, uh, there's something else on this planet that I'm feeling that's much bigger than whatever the hell Thrawn is. So that kept me intrigued enough to be like, okay, no, there is something here.
1: Yeah, me too. I want to know what that is. And I'm so curious about what Dave Filoni could weave into all of this. Um, First of all, I don't know how many black people are watching Ahsoka, but y'all are really hard on hair in this show. People lost their minds when Ahsoka woke up without her metal headband on, like the first time we really kind of seen her without that. And people are ragging on her hairline. Now people are ragging on Thrawn's dude. Man's been sitting on a savage planet for, what, 10 years in like... Or close to it, and, you know, obviously he just had some zombie guy cutting his hair for him because he still True. kept it cropped while Ezra's gone full native, right? Like, so he's doing his best out there, man. We all had haircuts during COVID from our spouses and stuff. I had to cut my kid's hair. I sent my house out of the, my son out of the house one time looking effed up, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you know, you do your best when you're stranded. Gilligan's Island style. You gotta, you just gotta do your best. But um yeah, I I think the troopers are a big deal. I want to know more about them. And again, I think while I'm happy Thrawn's back, I I am very curious and I like how they're kind of seeding this into stuff. And I and I'm curious where they pick up that thread, because there's only two episodes of this left. I don't think they're gonna do unless they just do some major Marvel style like third act, like. Oh, we didn't know there was a giant CGI monster buried under here the whole time. Like it's a pergol shark or something, you know, like unless we're doing that, I feel like it has to be something that's going to play out in other content of Star Wars, which makes me curious what that would be, because I hope they didn't have a bigger plan for Balin's Skull because that can't happen now. And I would understand if they did, if there was something like a Grey Jedi thing or something that they did. Or whatever the new dark side thing is, because that would be interesting to me. Um, But, you know, unfortunately, we wouldn't have Ray Stevenson do that because life in this timeline. But I do want to know what that's about, because, yeah, there are so many hot button words, especially this episode. Like, I didn't train you to be a Jedi. I trained you to be something greater. And like, it's like, okay, what are we talking about here? What are we talking about here? But by the way, I, I did get at you guys, Star Wars fans. I wrote a piece about something that Clone Wars did that I think a lot of people m- like are misconceiving. And we talk about this in the comic book offices. People are kind of arguing, based on last episode, that Anakin's Force Ghost was like, it was him as a Force Ghost. But he's truly balanced now because he has the light and the dark side. And he can go between Vader and himself like seamlessly it's like the dark side is not werewolf powers guys like that's not at all and this is the misconception people think like the light and the dark side are these two sides of balance and they got a lot of that from the imagery of the trinity in clone wars mortis arc which had these force wielders who each represented a side and their father was the balance between them but the force in the dark side and light aren't a trinity the dark side is literally the corruption, perversion imbalance or disruption of the force they make their lightsabers by taking a normal force crystal kyber crystal and making it killing it making it bleed and yeah so they're the cancer on the force and they're a cancer that eats the force like they just change it into something else and it's painful for others and it's painful for the sith lords there's not one sith lord that has gotten their power without horrible things happening to them Palpatine got fried by his own power. Vader's anger and ambition led to him getting burnt up and surviving in living hell as a machine who got pulled apart and rebuilt all those years. You just keep going back and or any real true Sith character in this and they always get screwed by their own power. They live in pain and torment their apprentices, Maul, Asajj Ventress. They've all talked about this. So there is no like, oh, I can strike a perfect balance between this. That's not a thing. That's why the Ray Jedi thing is so weird to get your head around. Dooku it just
2: kind of got sad. Yeah, he's <laughs> just really sad. Everybody else like
1: new legs and no arms, <laughs> and he's like, "That's
2: nah, just really sad."
1: Well, I mean, Duku was never, but he was never going to be a Sith Lord. He was just a pawn, right? I know this is. Funny. He was just Sidious's ca- cannon fodder while he looked for a real powerful apprentice. He sensed in Anakin. So, like, he was just a pawn, and that's what the Sith does. He got screwed over and killed, right? And when he got killed, he was looking at Sidious like, wait, what? And then he just got murked. So, like, yeah. So, it's just like, yeah, you can't balance those two things out. So, I'm so curious about, like, what Balin and Shin Hatai are, like, talking about and what kind of concept that they launch, because I want
0: to see this, and I want to see how they stick that particular landing. Also, one other thing I wanted to note After kind of the rug pull of Luke's return in Last Jedi, which I know controversy, I was happy we didn't do that again with Ezra. Like, he just is who people knew from the show. He's not like, and now I'm old and grumpy and I got a beard and I live with crab people. Go away. None of that crap. We're not, we're not, we're not doing that again. Not drinking crab milk from like a female crabby. No, no, that just trying to gross you out with it. Yeah, no. Yeah. A bunch I mean, of yeah. nun crabs running around in the background, you know, <laughs> sequel
1: trilogy just gets funnier and funnier every time. Like as this all unfolds, the it really does. Movie it, just is so weird. <laughs> it just gets weirder and funnier and weirder and funnier. Oh man. All right. But, uh, what do you guys final question? What do you guys want to see? Yeah. Peter, Peter is <laughs> our producer. Peter, you are uh, Peter's on this about these night troopers being undead threats. Um, Yeah he thinks that what Thrawn was loading up from the catacombs were caskets for more zombie troopers. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Again, if star Wars goes walking dead on us, I'm not opposed to it. Like there is precedence for it. Like if you've ever played any of the Jedi, uh, Jedi fallen order or Jedi survivor games, a lot of zombies. Yeah. A lot of zombies. You have to fight a lot of zombies because of the witches of Dathomir. Um, and they're tough opponents, and it's it's freaky, and it's a freaky element to Star Wars that I wouldn't mind seeing. And there's a whole visual, sound, effect language for it with the green smoke and the magic and glowing eyes. And yeah, man, I just want to see Enoch, Captain Enoch, get his moment now with that gold face. He's got a. I hope I get to see him pop off and do something really crazy. Ill, but like, oh, you know what's going to be bugged out. I hope they got Tamara Morrison back, and he got. And he gets to play like zombified versions of these things. Or like, is there some couple clone troopers left? And it's like one of them. And he's like Enoch or something. That'd be dope. If it's just a random stormtrooper, that's not quite as fun. But seeing zombified Tamara Morrison would be real cool as just a little Easter egg. But uh, I think on my back half, yeah, I want to see. I need answers. I mean, we got the answers about Theron and Ezra. I need to know what this power is, why we came to this galaxy. If there was one underwhelming thing I thought about this episode, I was like, blow. I was like, had my mind ready for like, like literally, I didn't know what I was going to see. This is still very Star Warsy feeling, this place, and so I, I do hope that I was basically going to see more weird stuff about what is unique and about this galaxy outside the normal limits of the galaxy, and I hope we get some of that. Um, obviously, I want to see another rematch of Sabine, Ahsoka, and then maybe fighting together. Sabine, Ezra, and Ahsoka fighting together against Balin and Shin Hatai in a final third match would be dope. Like, And I really want to see that.
0: Uh, for me, I just kind of want to see what this ultimate threat is. I want to see how they wrap up Ray Stevenson's arc. If If they do, if there was a plan for that, or if they had to go back and be like, Well, he he died, so how do we deal with that for future installments? And uh, I've been hearing so much hype about Ezra as a Jedi. I got to see him in action. I can't just be like, hey, I'm a guy in a beard. Give me something to do. (laughs) Yeah, I hope he's studied. I hope he hasn't, like, withered in his
1: abilities. He's just been hanging out like Luke. Like, he better be projecting some Force holograms and all that good stuff. Like, he survived. I mean, if you've outwitted and survived Thrawn for that long... Like it suggests you have some skills. So I hope. We yeah, see that. I'm sure he hasn't, you know,
2: completely let those rest. I mean, I'm on board with with you. I think uh, I'm just excited to actually see a lot of these people interact. You know, I, I'm ready to kind of see them all together uh, and, and moving towards a, a bigger goal. Um, and I I'm, I mean, I'm excited. I'm in for the ride. I don't have any specific uh, things I need to see. It's, it's won me over this entire time. So I'm
1: in. Oh, and one beautiful thing, dramatically talk about the tricks of the dark side. You know, Sabine sold out to get to Ezra and it was so appropriately just like heartbreaking to see him say, like, I'm so glad you came for me. And how did you do it? And I can't believe it, but I stopped. I can't wait to go home. I can't wait to go home. Damn it. And and she's like, "Uh, let's talk about that later. And I was like, when oh,
2: he said, uh, did it work? My heart was crushed a little bit. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, it did. It did work. <laughs> and I just undid it so yeah. that I could go get you.
1: <laughs> but that's good. It's dramatic weight and setup for yeah. like their interaction so that, and this is the way the dark side works. Even though she got to him, she might still kind of lose him emotionally. She's got a lot to answer for. Got a yeah. T- t- t-
2: <laughs> well, her. Sabine
1: always. I mean, Sabine was always that. I mean, she's a spray painting rebel. Like, you know, she, she's never scared to put her chest out and, and
0: be like, whatever, I'll do it. Also, so, the whole like their friends thing. they are are a couple, right? Like that's that's where this is. Everybody's
1: been. getting that vibe. <laughs> Everybody's like, getting like that, that vibe.
0: We call them great friends. I'm like, uh-huh. Sure.
1: No, um, in the show, because, okay, so when the show begins, like Ezra's significantly younger than her, or even if he's not, she's like a teenager and he's like, you know, a 10 year old boy, you know what I mean? It it wasn't proper, but there are episodes where it's definitely apparent as it goes on that he had a crush on her. And there's even times like he awkwardly is trying to like talk to her and he doesn't know how to do it. It's being just like, what are you doing? Like, and she never... Like, really picked up on it, and so yeah, there's foundation there, but um, it was kind of brother and sister. But I mean, it was his fondness for her on a deeper level that made her give her the lightsaber and say, You got to carry on, like, I'm sacrificing myself. And yeah, like, Hera was his mom, Kanan was his dad, and Sabine was that stepsister that it could go either way, it could go into like a you know, a wholesome thing or a porn hub video? We don't know right now. Could go either way. They're in the tents, so I don't know. Are the crab people? Do the crab people get it popping like that? Do they party like that? Who knows? I mean, they did we'll all just find out to start
0: soon. staring at them both when they were hugging. I was just like, you know, give them was- a minute. That
2: was so great. I need more crab people. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I need I need get more it? of them. They are a thing now. I need merch. Like I need stuff, man. Changeable <laughs>
1: outfits. I oh need, my god, crab people changeable outfits.
2: And I like the the. I forget what they're called, but the you know, like the horse, dog, wolf, the dog, creatures. <laughs> yeah, people I like them. They're gonna be they're like, cool I too.
0: would die for howler. It's like, yeah, They're I
2: awesome. Do? I love them. I when love. When he look, starts the, his
0: tail, I'm like, oh, you're just a puppy. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's the <laughs> aspect of Star Wars <laughs> when she walks away. And he goes this way, and then he comes back. Yeah, oh yeah, I was going to
1: say, that is straight up dog. Like, he just he was like, oh man, it's getting hot over here, I'm out. And then he comes it's back so afterwards. I, I love when Star me of, uh, Wars
2: gets the puppets and robotics and all that stuff involved. When the animatronics get involved, I just... Yeah, I know, they do that for people just
1: like, like me. You. Exactly. You <laughs> and it works that. almost exactly. every time. Exactly. <laughs> now, the dog was great. I mean, like I said, that reminded me of uh, both Prey and Riddick, two movies that are great about using dogs as secondary characters, dogs that have like personality, they're always like, I'm out, the heat's on, I'm out of here, -hmm. it's like all clear, all right, if I write any
2: Star Wars stuff over the next like, few months, it it might get to a situation like it did the Porgs, where I hid Porgs and header images for like, a week. And (laughs) jimmy joe kept like accidentally using the images with boards <laughs> hidden <laughs> I remember, like, oh my gosh stop it it's <laughs> so awesome i did it for like a week and i hit him in like everything it was great it was awesome yeah, you might right have right to bring that ways. back crap people might have to bring that back
1: oh boy all right so that was asoka episode six we got to wrap up and get out of here but if you're watching on twitch right now hang out because our redheaded cousin podcast Phase Zero will be up with the latest Marvel goodness on this Twitch channel right after us. So stay tuned for that. But uh, we got to get out of here. And yeah, man, I mean, overall, I'm I'm thinking like Dave Filoni and them swung with the fences, but I am enjoying Ahsoka a lot, like week to week. It's I can't wait to fire this up. I'm glad that it's on prime time. I'm glad they're doing that with for Loki season two and Marvel. That's a big thing to talk about with Phase Zero today. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's kept me talking and like in slowly, but surely I think it is chipping away at bringing people around to more of the animation and who these characters are and what their journey has been. Even if they're just going through like, give me the essential Sabine and Disney plus has been there for you. They are saying, watch this. This is the essential Ahsoka you can watch like iTunes. So go check that out. Um, can't wait to see. And I'm so curious what, how this franchise that Star Wars TV universe progresses from here. We haven't had any confirmed new series titles, no new announcements. As far as we know, the only thing coming for sure is Mando season four at some point and this event film. And that's it. And or season two has nothing to do with this. Bad batch has nothing to do with this. So it's like big things are happening in this series. And I don't know if jumping into an event film right now seems too rushed you know, I, I feel like there has to be something else, but I'm curious to see what that is. All right, we are at the end of our time. This is Comic Book Nation's bonus round episode where we're doing Star Wars Ahsoka recaps. We also gave you our instant reactions to the first big trailer for The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. If you are just now getting in the show, be sure to go to your favorite podcast platforms and look for Comic Book Nation. That is comic book, all one word dash nation. And subscribe to our quickly growing and awesome YouTube page, which is book all one word dash nation, uh, youtube.com backslash all one word dash, nation. Be sure to be back with us on Friday for our regular lengthy live show where we will be talking about, we will be talking with yeah, a buddy. very special guest this week acclaimed comic writer Tom King is joining us. We will be talking about the new Wonder Woman comic and a whole bunch of other good stuff that we can't wait to go on. But uh, Tom King on Friday. So definitely tune in for that. This is Comic Book Nation. You can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Connor Casey CB. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And we will see you out there. Be sure to enjoy some Star Wars, some other great content, and join us live on Friday. Comic Book Nation. Peace. Later.